Hello and welcome to Link Ahead, the City of Dublin podcast. Okay, Bruce, quick rapid fire for you. What's the first book you remember reading that really had an influence on you? Oh my goodness, rapid fire ran out of the gate. <laughs> We're um, just switching it up today. I'm going to say, all right, so teen fiction was limited when I was a youth. <laughs> uh, in Back in the day. Back in the day. So I'm going to say The Hardy Boys, uh, The House on the Cliff. That was, oh, uh, that was, it was the best suspenseful, one. got me in reading a series of books. There was also the yearbook, which my mom thought I needed to read because I was the youngest of three. I got made fun of a lot by my brothers. My ears, <laughs> I finally grew into them. So uh, that's that's a tangent neither here nor there. So same question back to you, Lindsay. Oh, well, first of all, I just want to say how much I loved reading as a kid. I read so much. I grew up in a place where there was little else to do. And some of our listeners might not be familiar with the Book It program, but this was through Pizza Hut. And if you read enough books, you could go get a free personal pan pizza. And I had to read enough to feed all my brothers. And no we way. Would, yeah, so I, I, had, I read so much. But the first book I remember reading is called Stone Words. I can't remember the author, but I know it was about this girl, Zoe, and she had a best friend also named Zoe who lived in the same house only a hundred years before. She was actually a ghost. And so I remember like Zoe, number one, had to go back in time to save (laughs) Zoe's life and free her from being a ghost. It was a really great book. That's awesome. You know, it really kind of, then after that, I got into a lot of R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike. And so it kind of set me up for, I guess, liking mystery books. Wow. So everybody listening to this episode is bound to have a book like that. One that really spoke to them, one that made them laugh out loud, cry, or just make them think. (laughs) Well, I haven't cried lately, but maybe I'm not reading the right books. Uh, So today we're talking books and giving listeners all kinds of great reads to put on your list from a real expert. Chrissy Harris, librarian at Columbus Metropolitan Library. Welcome to Link Ahead. Thank you. All right. Well, let's keep rolling. Continue the same question uh, to you. What was the first book that spoke to you and why? Well, Lindsay, like you, I read a lot as a kid. I was the one walking around the house with the book in front of my face down the stairs, you know, probably scaring my parents half to death. Um, So I remember reading, you know, Sweet Valley Twins, Sweet Valley High, all of those series that just went on forever. But I stopped reading a little bit in middle school, and I remember reading... um, Crime and Punishment in my world literature class. Wow. And it actually really appealed to my teenage self because it was so dramatic. Everyone's got these feelings and they're falling over in fevers (laughs) and just crying and yelling. And I really liked it. And I think that's what turned me back into a reader. Wow. So speaking of beginnings, to our listeners, did you know this, that on March 4th, 1873, (laughs) it's hard to grasp 1800s, but the Columbus Metropolitan Library was founded as a single reading room inside the original Columbus City Hall. So do the math. 1873, (laughs) 2023, that's 150 years. Chrissy, the library is celebrating a huge birthday throughout this entire year. Can you highlight some of the things on the calendar that we can look forward to? Sure. In addition to our regular programming, we have Summer Reading Club this summer, as well as our Lego exhibit returning at the main library. Uh, We have renamed for just this year our Carnegie author series, the Sesquicentennial author series. There it is. That's the word. (laughs) Well done. Um, So we've uh, renamed that this year. That's a free author talk uh, series. So we still have four authors left this year. I'm personally really excited for Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. She is the author of Mexican Gothic, and she does a lot of research when she's writing her novels, so I'm really interested in hearing more about her writing process. 
Uh, in addition to those great authors, we also are having our book festival July uh, 15th and 16th this summer at our main library. And it's in our library and the adjoining Kaufman Plaza and beautiful Topiary Garden Park. So we have uh, over 130 authors coming there. And we just announced our headliners on April 26th. We have Fonda Lee, the science fiction and fantasy author. We have uh, Prince Shakur, who is going to be in conversation with Hanifa Durakib. Mm-hmm. And we have local poet Maggie Smith, who just released her memoir, as well as a- Ali Hazelwood, who is a huge romance author right now. Oh, and you have a whole section on your website dedicated to this tremendous anniversary. Remind us, what's that web address and what will we find there? It is columbuslibrary.org, so you will find our summer events, uh, virtual programs, our sesquicentennial author series, and then for the book festival, go to columbusbookfestival.org. I have two kids that are well into their teens now, but when they were little, we lived in Clintonville, and we used the Whetstone Library all the time, and it was just great to go there explore books. I mean, readers are leaders. And that's the one thing I remember seeing a sign there. I wasn't the biggest reader, obviously with my Hardy Boy books, but you know, talk about what the library means to young kids and families. In addition to all the books there, um, which is fantastic. There's, uh, we're, we're really trying to see what kids are interested in, provide more of that. So we can get into more of that later, but we also provide homework help centers, for young kids, we're helping prepare them for kindergarten. For teens, we have U Media programs. We have all sorts of programs for all ages. And for the Summer Reading Club, it is also open for adults. So don't think you're too old. You just have to read. <laughs> Can I win a bike a if I read? Unfortunately, not. But there are other great prizes okay. for adults. Chrissy, part of your job involves buying books for the entire library system, which we should reiterate includes Dublin, the Dublin branch of uh, Columbus Metropolitan Library. So you truly have a pulse in what people are reading and what they want to read. So this is part of the podcast where we're going to put you on the spot. Uh, Let's click through several lists here, uh, several genres, and you tell our listeners what's hot. Uh, First up in fiction. Sure. So this is a list of what has circulated the most at Dublin last month. Um, just general fiction. Colleen Hoover is number one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can she see that. has been huge for the past two years. It seemed like we couldn't buy enough books. Um, <laughs> she just released a, a, a Never Never, which was co-written by Taryn Fisher. It was released before, but it's been repackaged. Uh, she was a self-published author, and now she's going the traditional publishing route and bringing all of her fans with her. Number two, of course, is James Patterson. Oh. Old standby. <laughs> right. Oh, well, what about nonfiction? In nonfiction, we have some self-help books. Brene Brown is number one. I'm sure you've heard of Brene Brown writing about being vulnerable and connecting with people. So Atlas of the Heart is the most checked out self-help book at Dublin. What about biographies? Our data for biographies is year to date. So it is really dominated by celebrities. Number one is Prince Harry. Spare. Oh, of course. Yeah, we, oh, boy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Number two is Matthew Perry with Friends, Lovers, and The Big Terrible Thing. Then we have number three, So Help Me God by Mike Pence. Number four is an older title. It's Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. Wow. Yeah, still popular. So graphic novels, they're not just for children, by the way. I I still (laughs) check out a graphic novel or two. So they're, they're huge. What's popular right now with graphic novels? 
So I have some data from last month for graphic novels for children. They are definitely not just for kids. Thank you for uh, saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But what I have is the children. So Dave Pilkey is number one. He writes Cat Kid Comic Club, Dogman, all of those. The number two is the big Nate author, Lincoln Pierce. We have a lot of series in children's graphic novels. Aside from genres of books, maybe this is more of a curiosity question, but did COVID change our reading habits? We definitely saw changes in ebooks, right? Oh, when yeah. we went <laughs> sure. to lockdown, ebook circ went up, but um, our circulation of e- audiobooks went down during the pandemic, um, and it's leveled out and going back up now. But we figure people aren't weren't driving, they weren't commuting. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's a lot oh. of the travel time that you're you're using your audiobook. It's funny you say that about ebooks because I'm always surprised when I go to check one out and it said it's it's out and I'm like what what that's what I I I was gonna (laughs) follow up on a number how a certain amount of licenses you have for the book or how can it be checked out Yeah, there's a certain number of licenses (laughs) and they expire after so long and we have to rebuy those ebooks. So how long do you can you check out an ebook versus a regular book? They check out for three weeks. Okay. They're not renewable, but you can always get back on the list. Okay. Bruce, what's the biggest fine you've ever had to pay at the library for not <laughs> oh returning your books? Well, let's just say I can never go back to the Newark uh, public <laughs> library system ever again. I've been banned. No, you did away with fines. You have no fines. All right, so what, how does that work? Like, you just decided it wasn't profitable or... The amount that we were getting was not really um, a factor in our operation. Like okay. And we didn't want to, yeah, we didn't want to limit access to people who couldn't come to the library because they had $10.01 in fines. Sure. You still will get charged if a book is not brought back. You'll get charged for the book, but we're not uh, doing the okay. fines anymore. So just bring your books back when okay. you can. We're That's happy to have them. Awesome. Um, are there any other trends out there that you're seeing the library? So I don't know if you guys know any teens, but manga is huge with yes. teens right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just huge. Um, but on the other side of the scale, we have a lot of fiction featuring older protagonists right now, which is really fun because it's, you know, um, the Thursday Murder Club is a good example. It's four seniors who were uh, who live in a retirement village in England. They solve a murder. They had interesting lives. They still have interesting lives. It's a really good perspective. I remember Vice Mayor DeRosa mentioned. Oh, you're right. Murder oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Do you ever see books come in and you're like, that's going to be a movie in less than six months? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I read Lessons in Chemistry. I don't know if you guys saw that one by uh, Bonnie Garmus. So I read that one before it came out and I was like, this is going to be popular. I didn't predict the movie thing, but it is going to be a movie <laughs> with Brie Larson. So oh, there nice. are just so many books being made into movies with Reese Witherspoon producing and just a lot of people pulling from the literary field. Well, Chrissy, you have a master's degree in library and information science. Was this always the career path that you wanted to pursue? No, I was going to be a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Then it turned out when I graduated, I was not really that enthusiastic about that. So (laughs) I kind of on a whim went back to library school and I think it was a great decision. I love working for the library. So when you're getting your master's degree, what's the homework like? You just get to read a lot of books and you know, did you, how much did your taste change over the time? Uh, I, that is one of the common myths about, um, librarians is that we get to read. And even when we were studying, um, my children's literature class, we were able to do more reading. Um, but it's, my job involves a lot of reading reviews and trying to determine what a book is about through the reviews. Um, When I was a little younger, I think I liked a lot more weird fiction, things that were out of the ordinary. And now I just like a good story where it 
has a, an ending that's not so ambiguous. Um, I also read a lot of fantasy and science fiction. I feel like when I start, I get a good book that I like. I go all in. So I started reading Stephen King a couple of years ago, and then it was like I'm reading every Stephen King book out of order, in order, whatever. And then it's like I'm depressed. <laughs> you didn't read The Green Mile, did you? No, no. I didn't read <laughs> the short story stuff. One. But the uh, I, it just there's something about like jumping in. Do you find yourself like jumping in and going down a, a rabbit hole with authors? I do like to do that. It's disappointing when an author is, I don't know, a debut author, or they only have three books, or they just write too slow for you, and you're ready for more. Stephen King is a great author because he's so prolific. Well, that was like Ready Player One. Uh, I remember reading that book before the movie came out, and the guy went to Ohio State, Ernest Cline, and I was like, this is a great book. What else does he have? Nothing. That was his first (laughs) book. I should say, though, we uh, can offer some suggestions. We call them read-alikes at the library. So if you were like, I want something like Ready Player One, talk to someone at the library. They have suggestions for you, and we love to talk about books. You said you read a lot of reviews. Is there a critic or something that you really identify with or agree with? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> so Kirkus <laughs> reviews are brutal sometimes. If you read say. it, we'll, we'll be at work and laugh and say, can you believe what Kirkus said about this book you're like it's true but it was so mean (laughs) (laughs) now do you have a tally or how do you keep track of the books that you've read I use Goodreads I I could not uh, keep track without that and sometimes I'll look back and say I read that book (laughs) so it must not have made much of an impression on me I throw out jokes and stuff but Dewey Decimal System does that (laughs) still exist and if it does how is it used sure does that's where uh, all our nonfiction books are classified using the Dewey Decimal System okay there are changes made to the Dewey Decimal System a little bit as um, we focus a little bit more on different topics than Dewey did long ago so it was actually dewey there was that was melville dewey wow yep okay now i need to look at a book about him now i just remember being a kid and going in the the library it's just amazing how accessible it is now when you go in we all use computers like you can just reserve stuff Mm -hmm. but when you're a kid back in the day you had that card system and you had to flip through the cards none of you probably remember this but i do remember that it was not easy you had to write it down on your little golf pencil on a little card and go find your book so As we start to wind down our conversation, let's come back to the calendar and talk about the Summer Reading Club. Each branch celebrates their own program. So what's going on at at the Dublin branch? So Dublin uh, will kick off Summer Reading Club June 1st. It goes through July 31st. I have a couple programs listed here. We have Child's Homestead, so kids get the chance to grind and sift grain, comb wool, use washboards, and then presumably go home and enjoy (laughs) modern conveniences. (laughs) Um, We have a bluegrass concert and also a splash circus, which is described as juggling, and there's also um, water involved with that, so it sounds like a fun time in the summer. Everyone can win prizes for reading 15 minutes a day, and it's really important for kids to be excited about reading during the summer, so they keep up those skills. And we have to say just how beautiful the Dublin Library is, and, and so popular, such a great asset for the community. Oh, absolutely. It's beautiful. Well, we have a tradition here at Link Ahead of finishing each episode with rapid-fire questions, but we've already put you on this spot a couple of times, so we know you're ready. Uh, here we go. If you could meet just one author who's still alive, who would it be? Boy, this is hard because I uh, am a little worried about meeting authors because I <laughs> Never meet your heroes. don't want to be disappointed, but there is an author that I love. Her name is Tamsin Muir, and she is hilarious. I would love to meet her. How about an author who's passed? 
maybe Gary Paulson. He has some great stories. He wrote Hatchet. Um, he recently passed away, and he seems like such a he was a nice guy. How about a favorite author of all time? Now that one is really hard. I would say Tamsin Muir right now is mm-hmm. my favorite right. author. I uh, don't want to look back too f- far because I my tastes have really changed. Who do you ask for a good book recommendation? I do not ask anyone. I really? have too many books already. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's so funny. I was going to say earlier, whenever I go on Facebook and search that, uh, the Colleen Hoover, all the Dublin moms in the know are like putting every Colleen Hoover book <laughs> down. So. Um, a talent or passion of yours where you break the stereotype of a quiet librarian. So I guess um, I was in gymnastics as a kid and I'm still, I take an adult gymnastics oh, class. Wow. Wow. for I don't know, 16 years now. We're so, going to have yeah. her do a backflip after this. Yeah, what is, what's your uh, activity? It's at the Whetstone Rec Center, and we actually get to do floor, and there's a trampoline, a beam, bars. There's all Gosh. sorts of things. You do yeah. flips on the beam and all of that? I can do a cartwheel That makes me very nervous every time I see it. No doubt. <laughs> have, have you ever written a book? No. Well, if you could write one, what would it be? A mystery, nonfiction, or biography? I think I would write a travel book because then I get to oh, travel. Yes, oh. that was what I wanted to be when I was a little kid, a travel writer. Wow, you can still do that <laughs> on the side. That, on the side, I did is. go to Ireland. That's right. Wrote about it. Is there a library worldwide you'd like to visit? I think the Library of Congress would be a really cool place to visit, and it's doable, so I, mm-hmm. I should do that. Okay, tough one. Name a movie or TV show that was as good or nearly as good as the book. Uh, Lockwood and Company on Netflix. It's uh, based off of a children's fantasy series, and it's creepy and really good. Wow. Oh, wow. So would you read the book first or watch the show Ooh, first? I don't know. The books are so good, too. <laughs> Either way would work. Oh, all right. Chrissy Harris, this has been great. You gave us so many uh, great reading options to think about. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And to our listeners, thank you as well for taking the time to connect with your city. Tune in next time as we continue to explore the many personalities and experiences that make Dublin a thriving place to live, work, and grow.